Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's March 7th, 2022. Welcome to today's episode of The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, leveling down. Is it safe to omit elective coverage of the low neck in patients with N0 to N1 nasopharyngeal carcinoma? Most patients, at about 70 to 80% with nasopharyngeal carcinoma, have cervical lymph node metastases. A recent large retrospective study described patterns of nodal involvement for nasopharyngeal carcinoma with greater than 80% of nodal metastases involving the retropharyngeal and level 2b lymph node regions. Metastases to less commonly involved nodal regions in the lower neck typically occurred in the setting of metastases to adjacent nodal regions. In this phase 3 trial, 449 patients received definitive chemoradiation for N0 to N1 non-keratinizing nasopharyngeal carcinoma at three Chinese centers, and patients were randomized to elective coverage of the entire neck or the upper neck only. The goal was to determine if reducing the volume of elective coverage would reduce toxicity without increasing relapse-free survival. Treatment plans used a three-volume approach, targeting gross disease with 66 to 70 gray, a high-risk CTV with 60 to 62 gray, and a low-risk elective neck region with 54 to 56 gray, all in 30 to 33 fractions. Standard elective neck coverage included levels 2 to 5B, In the experimental arm, levels 4 and 5b were omitted either unilaterally or bilaterally if there were no cervical nodal metastases on that side of the neck. At three years, there was no difference in the rate of relapse, 3% in both arms, or the rate of relapse-free survival with omission of lower neck radiation, 97 versus 96%. There were also no differences in overall survival, distant metastases-free survival, or local and regional relapse-free survival. There were also no differences in outcomes when analyzed according to pre-treatment plasma EBV titers. While there were no major differences in acute toxicity, omitting the low lymph node negative neck reduced the late skin toxicity rate from 25 to 14%, the dysphagia rate from 32 to 17%, and neck fibrosis from 40 to 23%. The bottom line is, omitting levels 4 and 5B from the clinically node-negative elective neck volume for patients with N0 to N1 nasopharyngeal carcinoma reduces late toxicity while maintaining excellent relapse-free survival. Thanks to Tang, Lancet Oncology, 2022. Up second, not-so-weekly cisplatin. Weekly cisplatin concurrent to head and neck radiation is back. 
This is an often used approach for patients in whom a more consolidated high dose, usually 100 milligrams per meter squared, given every three weeks, is likely to lead to unwanted treatment breaks, something that happens in roughly 40% of cases. A previous randomized trial at Tata Memorial failed to demonstrate non-inferiority of weekly cisplatin at 30 milligrams per meter squared for local regional control in the mostly adjuvant setting for mostly oral cavity cancer. We now have a Japanese trial to assuage the biggest critique of the former design. The weekly cisplatin dose was simply too low. Here we have 261 patients that were randomized to cisplatin at either 100 milligrams per meter squared every three weeks or 40 milligrams per meter squared weekly concurrent to adjuvant radiation following resection of head and neck squamous cell carcinoma with high-risk features, meaning positive margins or extracapsular extension. At a median follow-up of 2.2 years, weekly cisplatin at 40 mg per meter squared indeed resulted in non-inferior overall survival when compared to every three-week cisplatin at 100 mg per meter squared per the pre-specified confidence interval upper limit. Estimated survival at two years for weekly versus every three-weekly cisplatin was 78 versus 74 percent respectively and at three years was 72 versus 59 percent. What's more, weekly cisplatin resulted in less renal compromise, hearing impairment, and neutropenia. The bottom line is, weekly cisplatin at 40 milligrams per meter squared results in non-inferior survival and favorable toxicity when compared to cisplatin at 100 milligrams per meter squared every three weeks when delivered concurrent to adjuvant radiation for high-risk head neck cancer. Thanks to Kyoto, JCO, 2022. Up next, Ghost Recon. In case you didn't know, Estro actually has consensus guidelines for post-mastectomy radiation therapy, CTV delineation, in the setting of implant reconstruction for breast cancer. The big question is when to cover the tissue deep to the implant, particularly after a subpectoral implant. In this scenario, Estro describes a quote-unquote ventral part of the CTV, which includes the subcutaneous residual breast tissue and lymphatics and part of the pectoralis major. The quote-unquote dorsal part of the CTV includes the lymphatic plexus deep to the pectoralis major and between the implant and chest wall. This retrospective study found that 93% of chest wall recurrences occurred within the estro-CTV, while most of these recurrences, at 82%, were ventral to the implant, about 10.5% were dorsal. This is important because the ESTRO guidelines only recommend covering this dorsal CTV compartment when there are higher risk features, such as tumor abutment or invasion of the pectoralis fascia. Thanks to Joe, Radiotherapy and Oncology, 2022. Up next, Rate My Rate. 
outside more radical radiation techniques, such as flash, most people largely ignore the therapeutic implications of varying the rate of standard radiation dose deliveries. Here is an interesting review of preclinical and clinical data on the radiobiologic implications of dose rates spanning low dose rate brachy up to flattening filter-free external beam radiation. It turns out, for the same total dose delivered, as dose rate increases between 0.01 to 20 gray per minute, sublethal DNA damage becomes increasingly unrepaired, leading to increasing tumor and healthy cell death, with the havoc increasing even further when delivered in pulses. Thanks to Bedock. Red Journal, 2022. Up next, embedded data. As opposed to melanoma or Merkel cell carcinoma, satellitosis is not taken into account when staging cutaneous squamous cell carcinoma. Here is a retrospective look at outcomes among patients treated for cutaneous squamous cell carcinoma with one of the following high-risk features, T3 disease, T4 disease, N1 to 3 disease, or the presence of satellitosis. It turns out recurrence rates were significantly lower even among those with T3 and T4 disease than those who had satellitosis. When comparing disease-specific survival at five years, those with satellitosis fared significantly worse with a rate of 41% than those with T3 or T4 disease, 76 and 64% respectively. And those with satellitosis had pretty similar rates to those with node-positive disease, who had a disease-specific survival at five years of 39%. Thanks to SMILE, JAMA Dermatology, 2022. Finally, paint me a picture. This interesting study randomized 200 newly published scientific articles to Twitter and Instagram posts that contained either a visual abstract resulting in significantly more impressions, likes, and retweets, or a key figure which resulted in more click-throughs to the manuscript webpage. Thanks to Klassen, European Urology, 2022. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.